friends, this is Grit for Glory, where we explore scripture and have real conversations about how to follow Christ in our world today. We believe God is real and life can be messy, but in everything we do, we are working for His glory. We have a great episode for you guys planned today, and uh, we're really excited to dive into it. So let's get started. Hey, hey, friends. It's Amanda here. And Kara. And we have another exciting episode for you. This one's going to be kind of intense. What are we talking about? We're talking about compassion today. This was a topic that came to our mind recently. Yes. Um, in light of recent events in the news, in the world mm-hmm. today. Not just recently, but this past year. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so we really want to talk about what is compassion how did Jesus um, demonstrate compassion? How do we follow his example? And how do we live it out in our lives today? So um, the definition of compassion, that if you Google it. Webster's definition yeah, of I, compassion is, is. To empathize with someone who is suffering and to feel compelled to reduce their suffering. Mm. And so what I kind of did, because hashtag Bible nerd, <laughs> I went in my Bible she and I, I and went to the concordance <laughs> and I looked up all the um, New Testament uh, uh, verses that have compassion in them. And then I went and I, I looked at the biblical definition of compassion. And so like the biblical de- definition is to be moved as to one's bowels. Um, which is a really strange definition. Everybody's like, uh, like, okay, what? what? Yeah, like, <laughs> but in, in, it says, for the bowels were thought to be the seat of love and pity. Ooh. And so what I kind of got from that is like, to have compassion, to exercise compassion, it's where you're compelled to help someone because you see and you feel their suffering like deep in your gut. You feel it. I I think we've all been there where you see something on the news and it just hits you right. It hits right at home. Yeah. And it it just makes you, it hurts. Like you're like, oh, I've got, I want to do something about that. And sometimes it compels us to pray. Sometimes it compels us to donate for a cause. Sometimes it compels us to volunteer. And and like, there's a lot of different things that we are compelled to do. But um, it's just like that gut feeling that, oh, I want to do something about this. I can't just stand yeah. by and watch this. And so, Amanda, like, why do we want to talk about this? Like, what really brought us to this place? Well, so for me, like, compassion, it's, I mean, it's a word, obviously. You wouldn't look it up on Webster's defi- their dictionary if it wasn't a word, but it feels like a very um, misconceived word. Mm. Um because for me, for a long time, like, people would say it, and, like, I would just think, oh, you know, you you love people. But for me, you can love people, but you can love people from over here. Like, you can love people from far away. You can't see me. Right. You, you don't love have, people from far away. You don't have to get involved. You don't have to get involved. And right. I think compassion is different. I think compassion is moving in action. And what made me specifically want to talk about it is hashtag 2020. Like, yes. hello. We, if you weren't here, good, I mean, congratulations, you weren't here for 2020, but right as we're sitting right in this time span a year ago, the world kind of lost its mind. Oh, yeah. You know, like we, you couldn't find toilet paper anywhere. You go to the grocery store, like you, you posted it 
just recently, you had taken pictures last year of empty shelves in the grocery yes, store. Yes, completely empty shelves. And you had gone in this year and, you know, yeah. everything was restocked. But the point of that is when when COVID happened, when the, the pandemic first came out and, you know, they were putting us in, in quarantine and they were putting us in a, you know, mandatory, mandatory lockdown or whatever, everybody went... <gasps> I have to oh, get yeah. food for myself. I've got to take care of my family. It was everybody for himself. And yes. not only that, like, I remember going out and people were rude. Like, mm. all of a sudden, this made everybody feel like your enemy, you know? Right. Like, don't oh, look yeah. at me, don't talk to me, don't touch me. And oh, yeah. I mean, I, I sent my husband to the store for things, and he was like, people are fighting over, like, mac and cheese, and oh, it's yeah. getting, like, ruthless people out there. People getting stabbed. Yeah. In Midland, where, oh, yeah. near where we live. I remember um, that. In Sam's over toilet, toilet paper. paper or something of that yeah. matter. Yes. So when you talk about compassion, you know, we're in this world pandemic. We're in this this huge virus that is just sweeping through the world. Mm-hmm. And all we can do as people is think, me, 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 me. Yeah. And, you know, I know you, hopefully, because I know I did, we sat and we were like, what about the elderly who can't get out or shouldn't get out because right. this is, you know, 10 times more dangerous for them? Or what about, you know, we we kind of after we're like, oh, wait, maybe we should have thought about other people. But mm-hmm. there was just a cloud of ugliness. And I remember yeah. like 2020 was heavy for me in that, that I looked around going, oh, I've kind of lost hope in humanity. Like these people are nuts and I don't want to be around them anymore. And so... Yeah, I got crazy. Yeah. I did. I got crazy for a while. And on that, on the heels of that came, you know, the uh, George Floyd murder yes. that happened that sparked this Black Lives well, Matter. I think it was just added fuel to the fire oh, that yeah. was already burning. Definitely. But there's definitely racial tensions mm-hmm. going around in the news and in the yeah. world. We were already kind of at each other's throats and this just like And then add politics oh, yeah. and the recent Ooh. election that just yes. went on. And you know, guys, we told you like we're gonna get in there because these are uncomfortable yeah. things to talk about, but it it really made me look at people people, not specific people, but people in the world differently yeah. in the things that they were saying and the lack of compassion that they were having for others. For their neighbor. Yeah. And so that's why we want to talk about it because it it just happened and we 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 have been living without compassion in our lives for yeah. well, at least and the last year but probably a lot longer. We <laughs> live in a society and a culture where it's very individ- individualistic. Yeah. You know, we look out for ourselves yeah. and look out for number one, look out for number one. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to provide for ourselves and our family. And um, we don't live in a society because there's other societies where um, it's a lot more. Uh, well, you community, based, community. Like based. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. you know, like usually it's not just a small familial unit. It's like an extended family oh, all yeah. living together or they live close together in community where they share resources. And obviously America's not like that. <laughs> no. Well, I've even seen that like people who have come to America that are from like I, I saw one specifically. I won't tell you what show I was watching because it's kind of embarrassing, but she was like from like an African tribe and they they still live in the United States, like as a tribe. And her mom was oh, like the tribe leader, but they 
all yes it's very community all the women help raise the children it's a very it's a it's a group it's a community we live in communities and we live in cities and maybe we have like community bonds where we um help each other or we we um band together as a community but we don't live thinking neighbor first right family second we live totally for ourselves you know you're all, you're worried about your kids your family the best schools for them the best sports the best things so um i think that's what made us want to right bring this up is... well there's there's a lot of tension in our world hmm. there's a lot of hmm. um unrest an understatement of the year. There's a lot of tension in, in our, I would say, in our nation. And and also, I mean, of course, I want to give credence to the fact that I do believe that the news makes it seem a lot worse oh, yeah. than it is. And that there's a lot more um, hatred and anger. And it is, there is hatred and anger out there. I'm not discounting that. But I believe there's also people who want to be a part of the solution. Mm-hmm who want to exercise love and compassion, but we live in a, a society that doesn't, isn't conducive, <laughs> doesn't well, promote that so much. And you saying that the news plays into it. it, it 110% does, but we have a part to play in that where we have to um, examine our own hearts and how we react to said news. Yes. Um, so, yeah. So what are your experiences with, um, with compassion or where, like, what, what for you, like when I say compassion, what springs up in your mind? Like what oh, are you goodness. first go to as yourself? Okay, so recently, oh goodness, it's been a few months back, but it was in 2020 and it, there was a big deal about child trafficking mm. going, like mm. it was all yeah. over social media. and Save what? our children? Yes, save our children. Yeah. Okay. Yes, yes, hashtag save our children. It was a big deal. And I understand completely that there's also a lot of conspiracy in that and I'm I I don't know I don't know I'm not here to speak on that but I I do know that child trafficking is a real thing yeah and it it is a real um a human trafficking but specifically when you have children child trafficking just hits a lot harder Mm -hmm. and so I remember reading facts and statistics and seeing posts about you know, children who were saved from trafficking and whatnot. And it just broke my heart. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I've got to do something. I've got children. I can't just stand by and watch and just like be a bystander and the one who doesn't like jump in and actually help these kids. And I felt really, really compelled to do something about that. And in a moment of honesty, I'll be completely honest. I felt it. And I signed up for a, um, seminar or something um from a child or not a human trafficking a21 i think it is um is the organization and they have a seminar where they were trying to educate people on trafficking and ways that we can help what we can do so i signed up for this seminar or this online webinar here sorry webinar for this and i wanted it to be like i'll host this in my home and have people come and we'll watch and we'll get educated together. Yeah. Because I felt like a lot of people at the time were feeling um, we're, we're feeling like, oh, I, I want to do something. I've got to do something. Mm-hmm. And so I signed up for it. And then I will confess that I, it did not happen like I had hoped it would happen. Yeah. I 
I will just confess, I didn't watch the webinar. <laughs> it actually fell at a really bad time where I had a lot going on. And then I, I did post on social media about it, saying I wanted people to come, and nobody commented, and I had like four oh, likes on the post. That. I'm like your best friend. That's <laughs> and it's Not okay. Um, but I, I just wanted to use that as an example of how like I was feeling compelled by compassion to do something, yeah. to get involved, and it really hit home. It hit me right in the gut, and I felt I felt convicted for the fact that I was a bystander, even though before that was in the news, before that was in social media. I knew about it. I yeah. knew it existed. But it hit you harder. But I just kept on living my life. It like your gut. Yeah, it, it did. It hit me. What about you, Amanda? Well, and I, I, to put a pin in that, but what happens when people don't, like, what happens when, when you try to take action? So we'll come back to that because yes. I think that's something we, we definitely need to um, talk about. But for me, compassion, like, it just, it was one of those words like you hear. And like I said earlier, it's it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I have compassion. Like, I totally love people, but I love people over here. Like, I, I, yes, I'm a good Christian. I love people, but there's no action needed there. And I think in in the more that I studied particularly the gospels and seeing Jesus and it's, you know, it says it, he had compassion for them. Like right. it wasn't just, he saw them. I'm going to heal you. I'm going to walk away. Mm-hmm. He saw them. He felt what they were going yes. through. It was a feeling. It was a moment for him. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't have said that he had compassion on them because he had the power to just, like I said, touch, and walk away, on. heal, go, go about my business. But he felt their pain because along with all of this, the suffering that they had been going through was years and years and years of suffering, years and years and years of, you know, anguish waiting for a savior. And I mean, yes, spoiler alert, they did it to themselves. Like they were in this suffering because they were disobedient. Sometimes and sometimes not though. Well, I just mean in in the waiting for a savior, like they, they could have lived the way God said to, but mm-hmm. they didn't. So, but still, whether they brought it on themselves or whether they didn't, they still deserved compassion. Oh, and yeah. Jesus gave them compassion. He felt for them. He saw it. He felt it. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that's why that that's my experience is seeing it and feeling it, not seeing it and making excuses, not seeing it and moving past it, trying to like tie it up and smooth it over. Right. It's seeing it and feeling it. So we want to go into where what the Bible says about compassion. Kara's already told you. She did a deep dive <laughs> into all the verses. And so there's lots and lots of places. And we, I think, are going to link even more in the show notes. So there's more than where we're going to talk about. Yes. And we want you to look those up if, if you feel so inclined. Mm-hmm. But we're going to go a few places now and we're going to talk about those so yeah so you were talking about how they were in this circumstance and situation um because of their disobedience right Mm -hmm. and so i just wanted to touch on a scripture on a passage where uh, jesus had compassion on the crowds and it comes from matthew 9 and it starts at 36 and it says when he saw the crowds he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. So these crowds, they were like following Jesus around. They were hungry 
for his teaching, for his wisdom, to be healed by his power, to see him at work. And it's because, like you said, they were waiting for their Savior, for their Messiah, and they were being oppressed by the Romans at this period mm-hmm. in history. And so, like, Jesus saw that need, that want within them, and he was just moved to compassion to stay and be with them yeah, and sit with them and teach them and um, encourage them and heal them. And so that was just one of the ways that in his ministry, he showed the um, Jews compassion. Yeah. And he was just, he saw like, it's funny, I, I imagine he sees us like children running around like we have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe and, he just knows and, we have no idea. And well, because we think we know what we're doing. That's how we're like children. Because, yeah. you know, children are like, I got this. I, got I know this. what I'm doing. And Jesus is like, mm. And not only that, like, we're very defiant and stubborn and hard-headed and, like, we just got everything figured out. Or we think we do. We don't, obviously. So I just imagine, like, Jesus, you know, coming onto earth and he just seeing us, like, as children, like, you know, and then just loving us and having patience and grace with us as we should with our own children. Totally. (laughs) Okay. What is... uh, what is one of the your ways that Okay, well I'm I'm she didn't know I was gonna do this. Uh-oh, so, so what are you doing? So I'm going to go in the opposite direction. And this is um something I, I have to get off my chest. Not really, but I have to confess. She's gonna confess. So um hashtag fangirl for Jonah. I love Jonah. If you know oh, me, yes. you know already know this. I love Jonah because I am Jonah and a lot of us are Jonah. We just probably haven't admitted it to ourselves yet. But when we were talking about compassion, um I did a study on him, and they talked about compassion, and I never looked at it this way. So I'm going to go just to Jonah 1. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Get up, go to the great city of Nineveh, and preach against it, because their evil has come up before me. Jonah got up to flee to Tarshish from the Lord's presence. He went down to Joppa, found a ship going to Tarshish, and he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish, from the Lord's presence. Okay. So what you what a lot of people don't know is back in 2 Kings, Jonah was part of a group who fought against the Ninevites, fought against okay. the Assyrians. And so in this here, God's saying go and save them. And right. Jonah's saying, "Eh, no. They yeah. don't really deserve it. They're bad guys and they I could go deep into this because I've done so but many they deep were dives like on Jonah. Really, they were really, 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 really bad. bad dudes. Like, they skinned people alive. They would, you know, they would stick a... I can't think of what the technical terms, but basically they would impale, impale, impale. them. That, yes. There's a word. And they would parade them around like a flag, you oh, know. that's terrible. They would, you know, cut the arms off of the people who owed people money and make them shake the hand of the the arm... I'm not describing it well, but just they were they were wow. bad dudes. So when you when you absorb that, you're like, oh, Jonah's not wrong. They're not good guys. <laughs> However, they they get what's coming for them. Yes, right. When you look at the context, Jonah, a he has a history with them, and the way that it was described to me is he's some sort of a patriot. You know, he's all for Israel. Israel is God's nation, and he's. He's very passionate about that. Mm-hmm. And he looks at these guys over here. He looks at the Assyrians and he's like, mm, 
No, they're not really worth saving. Not good guys, not worth saving. But he knows when God says, come, go and preach to them, he knows what's going to happen. He knows that God is going to save them because he knows that he serves a good God. So he lacks the compassion to feel for those people, to feel that God says they're worth saving. He's like, no, bad guys fought against them. They're not worth it. I'm not going. And like my, my, I remember hearing that and that's, I probably the first of the whole compassion thought process for me was this, like, they're not of his race. Mm. They're not in his identity spectrum. They're bad guys. Like, there's There's no argument about it. Historical record shows. It wasn't just Jonah thinking they were bad guys. They were bad guys. But if God says go, you go. Mm, And Jonah said, nah, uh uh-uh. I don't want to say that. Not doing it, God. No gut feelings for me here. (laughs) And so, I, I, yeah, I totally, we discussed other things before this, but I just couldn't let that moment pass because I feel like that is a world today. We look at other people and we're like, they are not worth saving. Oh. And that's not our place. Mm -hmm. If God says go, you go. It's not Mm -hmm. our place to, to deem one group worthy of saving. And I, we do it time and time again with, well, they brought it on themselves. Like we were saying earlier with the Israelites, like they disobeyed God. They brought it on themselves. Jesus didn't have to have compassion. Jesus didn't have to die for us. But, and and Jesus, I mean, uh, he never blamed the people Mm. for their circumstances. Oh yeah. No. I mean, I know there's parts in scripture where he rebukes the religious teachers and whatnot, but that was there for their self-righteousness. Yes. And it wasn't for their brokenness because they didn't know they were broken. Whereas the crowds and the people following him and coming to him, they knew they, they were knew broken. They, were. they knew they needed a Savior. And God didn't say, Jesus didn't say, I told you so. <laughs> Jesus didn't say, it says in the scriptures, yeah. you know, you do this, this will happen. Like, And aha uh-huh on self-righteousness. Mm. Like, hello, aren't we being a little, se- wasn't Jonah being a little self-righteous and saying like, they're not oh. worth saving? Yeah. And that's just, that's the nugget there that I want people to kind of, swallow is like you have to start looking at when these moments happen around you what is your reaction yeah where does your heart immediately go yeah and does it go in a place of judgment and condemnation Mm -hmm. and just kind of like you put yourself there or does it go to a place of how can I understand them better how can I love them as Jesus does um how can I help them in their suffering yes because a heart in line with Jesus is going to lend to compassion. Yes. Not to judgment. Yes. And all these words I'm saying are things that I've said to myself. Like, this is not to, to call anybody out. But but the more you love in Jesus and you fall in love with him, the more you want to emulate. You want to be like him. Yeah. And, and it does. It comes from a place of uh, self-reflection. Mm-hmm. And it's not an easy place. Because whenever you do unveil the ugliness in your heart and you're like, oh, Ew. there's still a lot of <laughs> ugliness here. Like you can be like, I've been a Christian. I've been a believer for mm-hmm. honestly my whole life. Don't I don't remember. Huh? <laughs> I said, don't tell them how old you are. I know, right? <clears throat> Anyways, but and uh, so you can be a believer for years upon years and upon years and you're continually growing and being humbled and God is continually pointing out the sin and the the kind of the ugly in our Mm -hmm. hearts. And so it's natural to not like it 
Yeah. I'd be like, ooh, I don't like feeling this way. That is natural. I say that it's like an onion. Like God's peeling back the layers. Yes. And as he pulls one off, there's another one. And you're like, That oh. always makes me think of Shrek. Sorry. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I think you told me that before. Okay. So I know you have another place that really yes. sticks you. So sticks you, but gets you in the gut. Yes, I it does. That. Okay. Um, well, there's actually two, and I'll be really quick because I don't want. She wanna, loves Jesus so much. She I wants do, to share and I don't want to miss. And because there's this one uh, story that in Luke seven, and I just want to quickly cover it because the first time I read it, like really read it, it made me cry. Mm-hmm. And it talks about um, Jesus was coming into a town called Nain, and as he was entering the gates of the town, a man who had died was being carried out, and he was the only son of his mother. And she was a widow, and a considerable crowd from the town was with her. And this is, this is where it gets good. It's my favorite part. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, Do not weep. Then he came up, and he opened the coffin, and the pallbearer stopped, and he said, Young man, I tell you to give up. get up. The dead man sat up and began to speak, and Jesus gave him to his mother. Like that last mm. part, Jesus gave, gave him, him to back Ooh. to his mother. Ooh. And so... you have kids, like, oh, it's going to make me cry. Yeah. Can this you imagine woman, the loss okay. of your child? Yeah. Ooh. Well, not only that, she was a widow. Yeah. And she had no husband. Mm-hmm. And in this town, in this in this era, um, that there was only... Women could only be provided for by men. Yes. And so once their husband passed away, it was passed down to their sons. sons. Yes. Their responsibility went to the sons. So she had... One son, mm-hmm. one, and so once he died, she was alone. She, she was alone. She, she had no way to to have provide yeah, for herself. She couldn't go get a job. She at didn't the have a home. Like, she, she was, she was alone. Own. But yeah. and on top of that, and that's not even the worst part. She had lost the two men mm-hmm. that she has loved. You know, her loves her husband and her son, and so now she was utterly alone. And here's the thing: like, I wonder. I was reading this passage like, again. Like, let that sink in. Like, she was alone. Yeah. The two men in your life that you love the most. Like, they're, you, if you're sitting there, you know you have a husband, probably, a dad, a brother, a son. Like, imagine losing... All of that. All of your family. Your world. All of your family in one... Like, not in one, but, like, they're gone. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. And, and I... My, another way I thought of this is I wonder if Jesus saw this woman... And saw his mother. Mm. Because he knew Ah. that in a very short time that she would be experiencing the same grief that this woman was. And I I wonder if this was just a moment of compassion where he was able to give Mm. this mother back her son. You know, in Mm -hmm. that. And anyway, so that's just one of those places where Jesus had compassion. And he saw, like, he saw a woman deep in grief deep in pain, deep in hurt, and he could do something about it. And he reached out. And he gave him back to her mom, back to his mom. Without her asking. She didn't ask for it. Which I think is another... Yeah, no, she didn't run to Jesus being like, you could bring her back, you could do this. There are a lot of instances, and I'm not saying those are wrong, but I think that's another piece of compassion, is sometimes we look into those moments and we reach out without being asked. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then there's just one more that, and this is more for like practical, um, how, I guess we can start moving into like, how are we going to, 
uh, like, or why is this relevant? Why, why should we care about well, this? Well, I want to share this before we go on. Okay, go ahead. Because mine is kind of on that note of, so I have one in Matthew eight fourteen. Jesus went into Peter's house and saw his mother-in-law lying in bed with a fever. So she t- he touched her hand and the fever left her. Then she got up and began to serve him. So the, this is a moment where he looks at her and he touches and he heals without being asked, without being... Oh yeah. Um, asked to to ask to do that for a while. To do something. Like, hey, Jesus, yeah. Will you do something but about this? this? Is Peter, <laughs> yes. who is who's this guy? Who's his bud? Mm-hmm. It's his mother-in-law. So it's obviously somebody he cares about, and so he's reaching in. And uh, it says when they when evening came, they brought they brought to him. Many who were demon-possessed, he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick, so that it was spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. He himself took on our weakness and carried our diseases. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. right there, for me, sums up compassion. Like, he took on those things. Like, that is what compassion is. It's not sitting by and loving from afar and saying, hey, right. you stay over there and I'll stay over here and I'll, you know... I'll send money to you or all, you know, which are all good things, but it's Jesus stepped in and right. took on these things. And, and, and it says multiple times that he had to step away and have a moment because it was probably all very heavy to oh, look yeah, around at sure. all the broken faces oh, and all goodness. the broken hearts. I mean, it is, that's, I probably didn't see your post about it because in 2020 I had to kind of take a break from everything because it was very, it was pulling me down to a very bad place because you look at the brokenness for, for a while and you're like, there's nothing I can do. I can't possibly help everyone. Mm -hmm. And and another thing I want to point out though, (laughs) is that Jesus had the ability to heal from afar. Yeah. You know, and there, and there are recorded instances, um, the centurion's daughter, I believe, uh, that he healed without even going to the daughter Mm -hmm. and and healing her. So Jesus had the ability to do all of this from afar. He didn't have to be up close and personal, up close and personal. Yeah. And, but he chose to, and I think that's because we serve a personal God Mm. Mm. and Jesus gets right up in there. He gets in the messy. The nitty gritty, the the dirty. He's not afraid of the mess. And I think that's where a lot of times we are. We're afraid of the mess that comes with stepping in and actually being with those who are in suffering or those who need our compassion. Because it is scary. It is, yes. And it's weird and it's against the grain and out of the norm, um, which leads into what you're about to share. Like, why... It goes against the grain. So yes. she's got a story to share about something that's definitely against the grain, against the norm of what society would say, right? if you will. Well, and I mean, it's just, I think as believers, and I'm speaking specifically to believers here, we know that compassion is something that we should be exercising in our lives. This is something we, a, a virtue I don't know if that's mm-hmm. considered a virtue, but something we should hold, something we should, that should be a part of our lives because it's very obvious that Jesus walked and lived that out. Yes. But at the same time, I, I think many of us are like, um, well, I'm already compassionate. Like I, I have compassion. I feel for these people. Yeah. And, and, um, and I think that's what we're trying to get across here, that compassion is love in action. Yes. It is the action, the actual doing of mm-hmm. love. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I just want to tell this story and it's the, the parable of the Good Samaritan. Yep. You've probably heard it. 
Yes, you probably have. And I hope that you hear it with um, new ears today. Yes. <laughs> a fresh new hearing and understanding of it. Uh, so it's, it starts in Luke 10 at verse 25. So Jesus is teaching. Then an expert in the law stood up to test him, saying, Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? He asked him. How do you read it? He answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. You've answered correctly, he said. Do this, and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, that is the expert teacher, uh, the expert in the law, wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus took up the question and said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him, beat him, and fled, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down that road. When he saw him, he passed by on the other side. In the same way, a Levite, when he arrived at the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan on his journey came up to him, and when he saw the man, he had compassion. He went over to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on olive oil, oil and wine. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper and said, Take care of him. When I come back, I'll reimburse you for whatever extra you spend. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robber? The one who showed mercy to him, he said. Then Jesus told him, Go and do the same. And so I just want to like point out that the man who fell into the hands of the robbers, we don't, Jesus doesn't give us any like um, identifying information. He doesn't tell us if he's a Jew or a Samaritan, a good guy, a bad guy. Um, maybe he was flaunting his wealth around like I'm a rich man, come and rob me. <laughs> Probably not. I'm just saying chains, like, like hey. Jesus doesn't give us any background in a minute. Any background information. He just says, here's a man. Here's a human created in the image of God who has been beaten, stripped, mm-hmm. robbed, and left for dead on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. And I know this sounds like a very extreme situation, because we'd be like, oh, yeah, I'd, I would help that guy. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. just leave him there. But I, I want you to think of, um, oh, goodness, how many times we pass a homeless man? Or somebody with a flat tire. Or somebody mm-hmm. with a flat tire. Or how many times you, you see someone and... Recently, um, we took a trip to San Antonio, and downtown San Antonio, mm. there are drug addicts mm-hmm. on the side of the road. The, I mean, obviously, cause I, I saw someone with a needle. Yeah, we stayed thing. downtown. Like, yeah, we and I, yeah. I, we saw people drinking on the street, and, and I'm just saying, we see these people, and we want to love them, but we, yeah, we, we're just kind of like, (laughs) (laughs) just, just smile and keep on walking. But, and like, it's like, it's not that we don't have compassion for, it's not that we don't feel for them. We just, um, we're like, I don't know how to get involved with that. So I'm just going to keep on walking by it. And I I think that's how a lot of people are in these kinds of situations. You're like, Oh, I'll I'll call for help. I'll call somebody to come help you. But I don't know what I'm doing, yeah. so I'm going to stay out of this. Well, and contextually speaking, then, there were so many laws with cleanliness. Yes. yes. So if you're going to go over and help somebody who is bleeding to death. Yeah, you would be the, unclean. Yeah, there's 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 things for you to, I don't want to say consequences because it's not a consequence, but there are things that you're going to have to go through. There are rituals that you're going to have to go through to clean yourself. Right. So not only are you looking at this guy and thinking... 
oh, he needs help, but oh, that means a whole list of things for me to do. So just yes. in, in that too, yeah. that, that was their mindset was like, to help you, it's going to be kind of a burden on me, which is something we do today too. Oh, yeah. like, to help That's you kind of puts a burden on me. And, and so, like, in the Jews in this time, they were God's people. Mm-hmm. They were expected. Like, in the law, in the Old Testament, God says, show mercy yeah. as I have shown mercy to you. Mm-hmm. And so it was expected of them to be merciful. Um, and they weren't. And instead, it was a Samaritan man. So just a little background for those you don't know. Samaritans were, like, half Jews. Mm-hmm. And so um, they were half Jew, half, I can't remember... Um, what ethnicity, but it was a people who came over and took the Jews captive and they took them captive. And then they decided that since the Jews were too powerful and too strong, that they were going to um, assimilate them into their culture. And so they took the Jewish women and married them to the men of their culture. And so that's what Samaritans are. They're half Jews, half whatever that. um, Anyways, so the Jews hated Samaritans Mm. hated them to the core because one, they reminded them of that time and they reminded them of the people that took them captive Mm -hmm. and, um, did all that terrible stuff. And, and two, they, there was just other cultural differences between the two groups and they just didn't agree. Yeah. They looked at them like, you're not, I know that, you know, the, the woman in the well, you know, she was a Samaritan. Yes. She told him, like, you know. Why are you, you talking to me? Your people think you're supposed to worship this way, and we think it's okay to worship this way. So there was there was those, it, and it's silly things. Mm, mm-hmm. I'm not that the, the oppression of the Israelites, like, I could totally understand looking at them and being like, mm-hmm. But these racial tensions then and now sometimes are things that it's like, why are we still fighting about this? Like, we mm-hmm. could kind of move past it. But we're still all holding on to the ur- ugly. Yeah, the past. Yes. These things. Because holding on to them makes us feel yes uh, vindicated or justified. And Well, and so I think the point that Jesus is making is like, here comes a Samaritan man. Who, the men that you hate, mm-hmm. the, like you hate him. And he came in and he was the one who showed mercy. Yeah. He was the one who showed compassion. And here's the thing. And, and I, I hope this convicts you just a little bit and but uh, it's okay <laughs> I want to convict, convict you it's okay but I don't want to insult you either but <laughs> I, I just and I think this everybody knows this is true is that non-believers are just as capable to show mm. the compassion yeah. and mercy that we as believers Some of them are more compassionate and yeah, merciful than exactly. we are as Christians that that we should be like, that's what we should be known for. That's Jesus said we would be known yeah. for our love. Mm. And let's see. That is uh, John 13, 35, if anyone's wondering where that comes from. But it says, uh, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And yeah. he was talking one another as believers. But I know Jesus also radically wanted us to love others as, yeah. as, um, as people created in the image of God. Oh, and so it ties nicely into our next thought. Um, how, how do we live this out? So what do we do? Um, and you said that we should be known by that love. And I think all of us need to sit for a minute, sit with God and examine our hearts and what, what we do 
when these moments, when these situations, I mean, not to throw it out there, but it's been a big one. It's in the news right now. You know, the George Floyd murder, the Derek Chauvin, I think mm-hmm. is how you say his last name. You know, it's just the verdict just came out and there was a lot of ugly, you yeah. know, there's a lot of, of feelings and all the feels and emotions that that brought up for people. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. And you said it with a guy. He was created in God's image. George Floyd was created in God's image. And what we lack sometimes is looking through the lens, the God lens, the compassion lens, looking at people and saying, they are a person Mm -hmm. who God loves, who other people love, Mm -hmm. and they deserve to be loved by me. Mm -hmm. We look at, well... They do drugs and they had a criminal yeah, history. They have a, they've done, they've record. been in jail or they have or resisting had, arrests. Yeah. They've had affairs or they've had, like we tend to look at their record yes. of, of a person mm-hmm. and we hold that against them. And we said that before. That's what Jonah did. That's what Jesus could have done. That's what God could have done. Like you didn't obey me. Mm-hmm. You don't deserve a savior. You don't deserve my son. Right. And I, we have to keep that in the back of our mind. None of us deserve what we've been given. No, not at all. So that justification thought process on, well, they've done this. So nobody deserves to die. Right. Like that, that blows my mind with the defense of like, well, he was just, you know, doing his job or but like, we don't know. And, you know, I'm like, ah, murder is murder. Like, right. Well, and, and I want to challenge you too like what would you say for those who are saying well um what about the police officer shouldn't we have compassion for him too oh yeah because i i I can hear it now that people and because there's a lot of people who um who see this more as an attack on um law enforcement law enforcement then it it, then it has more has more to do about that and less to do about racial matters and it's it's, it's, it's a mess, guys. It's a mess. It's a little bit of both. <laughs> yes. But what it was for me was looking at all of this rolling through last year and even into now. I'm looking at this side and the other side and neither one is fully right. Oh, yes. And neither one is fully wrong. But when something happens, one side rises up with their, you know, Wah! and yes. the other side, well, well in uh, response we're, to yeah, we're going to rise up and we're going to make excuses. And we're going to, and, and I think what compassion is, is stopping slowing down and truly looking at that person. And this whole situation was a horrible, terrible thing that happened. I don't want to say accident, but it may have been an accident, Mm -hmm. but it forever changed that, that police officer's life. You're right. Mm -hmm. Like that forever changed his life. And he is somebody that God loves. He is made in God's image as well. So all of the hate from the people who are on this side at him is incorrect. And all of the, the hate on oh, the other George Floyd yeah, is, is incorrect. incorrect. Yes. And that, I think that's... And I think <gasps> where a lot of people um, stand is they don't view it as hate. Mm-hmm. They feel, you know, they don't realize that all of this anger and bitterness and um, that's festering in their heart towards Black Lives Matter or towards police, or uh, towards law enforcement, towards, uh, there's a lot of anger and bitterness, and I think that we have towards one another, and I don't think we recognize it as hate, 
Mm. So I think it takes a lot of self-reflection, looking at your heart and being, um, where is my heart in this? Because I feel like compassion says, I love these people and I want to love them well and point them to Jesus and, and serve them as Christ would have. Um, and that could just look like, look at look like going up to someone and having conversations someone who disagrees with your views and someone who having different a you. peaceful conversation now here's the deal you don't have to agree with them no you do not have to mm-hmm. agree with them disagreement does not equal hate yeah but you know what you can go and have that conversation and be like you know what i still don't agree with you but um i love you yeah. and i love the people that you care about and um and that's that's the first step that is the first step where um you take the anger off of the people that you, the, like, mm-hmm. I think we have a pl- anger. We have a lot of, um, misplaced, anger. misplaced anger and we're, we're placing it on the people, you know, we're placing it on law enforcement. We're placing it on black Lives matters. And I'm just using these as an example, but there's a lot of other Christian that, Buddha, like, yeah, there's so, there's so many groups, groups that we have people. tension against. Yeah. And I think you said, Earlier, you were like the news and the media. Like, we have to be mindful of the things around us that amp up these yes, emotions. are feeding into that anger, yeah. feeding into that hate, like, causing the division oh, yeah. and widening it, um, mm-hmm. pitting us against each other. Yeah. I mean, I don't watch the news. I read occasional news articles, but no, I don't watch it either. I mean, because of that, I don't need anything feeding in to me. And making me, putting me in a, in a, in, in a worse position or, or feeding the, feeding those thoughts. Because for me, I have realized that I have grown up with a lot of tension in my heart towards certain groups Mm -hmm. that were fed by how I was raised. You know, the people who are raising me, dad, mom, grandma, grandpa, like I'm not, not. But it just is like mm-hmm. it's it. Oh yeah, it was a different world. That, then that's true for all things, people. Yeah, that's not just you. It's true so for we all were culture. We're culturally formed, and our ideals are formed by the people around us. Yes, and I think sometimes we don't want to acknowledge that maybe we were. Maybe they're not right. Maybe it was wrong. Yeah, maybe it was incorrect. Maybe, maybe these... not. Maybe not all wrong, but that there's places. Maybe sometimes really big, important places that are not completely correct yeah or not or just places that need some growth yeah places because that need growth. i was raised in the 90s you know like that's that was my childhood span of time it was a different world then than it is now and so i think that's part of it too and it's the same thing i was raised by a dad who spent his childhood in the 60s so his ideals and viewpoints that oh, he yeah. was raised in the 60s and the 70s are thereby different than mine. And mm-hmm. so we have, we just have to do some self-examination. Yeah. I think that's the, you're that's, responsible for your yeah, own. Growth. That's the first step we want to challenge you to take is look at your own heart. Yeah. When something comes up in the news, instead of immediately having all the thoughts and all the feels stop and say, God, what, like, what do you want me to feel? Mm-hmm. How do you mm-hmm. want me to take this? What Where is should, your heart? Yeah. In this? What should I do? In this situation. How do I love mm. these people? Yeah. How do I have compassion for these people? Pray for this. Pray for compassion. Pray for love for these people that are really hard to love. And let's be honest. There are some people that are really, really, really hard to love. Sandpaper people. <laughs> sandpaper people, yes. They're wearing down those rough edges on you, though. They're, they're and refining. And we have to pray. 
you. So what else do we do? What else can we so, do besides um, some self-examination? And, and so, okay, what we want to do is challenge you guys to live this out. Mm-hmm. And everything that we do, we want to issue a little bit of a challenge to live this out pra- practically. And so my, uh, my question to you is, you know, what are the things, what are the issues that hit you right in the gut? Mm. That um, you're just like, oh, man, that just hits right at home. Um, it could be a, a bunch of things. It could be child trafficking, children in the foster system, racial injustice, poverty, um, addiction, who even know? And it could be smaller things. It could just be people locally in your community. And you're like, I really want to help them. I just don't know how. And so we want you to challenge you to identify something that really hits home with you and pray about it and find a way to partake or and showing compassion to be yeah. to do love in action actually doing Take something and you can start with praying about it you can start with donating to a cause those are great things we yeah. do not i i, I, I encourage those, those things 100 yes. percent. but i also challenge you to get your hands dirty yeah Amen. just as jesus did well, and we kind of talked about it before like you wanted to do the the seminar the or the webinar and mm-hmm. nobody showed up like you're going to have to realize that sometimes what you're doing is not the norm. Mm-hmm. It's going against the current of what people want and what people do. Yes. And so hold to that thought that if God's placed it on your heart and God's asked you to move, then you should be obedient yeah. and move. And, mm-hmm. and all of that will work itself out in the wash. Like and God's going to handle their hearts if, yes. if you get some backlash, but you should be obedient number one yes and i'm a big believer that god places something different on everyone's hearts oh, yeah. to be passionate and compassionate about yeah um for some people it's animals they're really mm-hmm. big in rescues mm-hmm. and fostering and yes and help um, and th- that is so awesome for some people it's children it's you know taking in those foster children and adopting and for some people it's the environment mm-hmm. i think even that's important the yeah. environment like there are so many different causes that you can um you know, have action and be a part of uh, to show love and compassion. Yeah. There's not one right thing. Is what no, I'm saying. If but it moves what, there's you, something for you. Go for it. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Go for it. And so what I want to ask, I'll leave you guys with a question. Mm-hmm. And that is, what are some issues currently, like in your life, um, in your community, or maybe just in America or in the world that you need to look at through the lens of compassion? Mm-hmm. What is something that immediately... Your heart just like, ew. <laughs> ew. I don't, you know, you just get those yucky no, feelings yeah. and you're like, or sometimes maybe it's a judgment that yeah. comes up automatically. Like, well, they got that. I mean, that's what was coming for them. They, that's what they deserve. Yeah. And so like, it's just a point of self-reflection of your heart. Um, what's an issue that you need to look at through the lens of compassion? Mm. Good. Okay. So what do you, where do you need to change your viewpoint? Maybe. Yeah. Do a little self-reflection, a little examination. And um, that's all we have today. I loved this. This was so good. I, I think to answer that question for me, um, point blank and honest, which is why I'm kind of was firing earlier talking about it. But race was something for me. When all of that happened in the summer, I automatically felt ugly thoughts coming, springing to my mind mm-hmm. as embarrassing that is to admit, but it's true. But I had to really search my heart and realize that a lot of it was stuff that I was raised hearing 
Yeah. You know, my great-grandmother used to say colored people and, you know, oh, would yeah. say the N-word and just say ugly things that kind of just, not that she was overtly racial or racist, but it just kind of tainted the way oh, yeah. I looked at them. Oh, yeah. And so when all of this was creeping up, those I was one of those people that automatically, you know, the guard goes up and you're like, well, he probably deserved it. And I was like, whoa, that's... And, and, and where I am in my faith journey now was like, hold up. Like inside I was like, that's not correct. Mm -hmm. But it was something that was just so natural because it's what I had heard and done for so long that it's kind of like the new me had to say, whoa, hold on, time out, Amanda. Let's, and, and I did, I've spent and still do spent a lot of time when those thoughts come in going, God, search me. Search my heart. Let's talk mm, about this. Like, what mm-hmm. is it? Help me see them as people because they're oh, just yeah. people. Yeah, for they're sure. They're not any different than me and you. And so that is a place I've had to do some examination. Not ashamed to admit it's it's been a big one and very difficult in this climate to kind of mm-hmm. muddle through. And I think just bouncing off of that, um, there's a... Unfortunately, in the news and in the world, and in the past couple of years, there's been a lot of rioting mm-hmm. and protesters, and um, and they have done a lot of bad things. I'll just I'll just say mm-hmm. it out loud. Yeah, it is not right to burn down businesses. Yeah. It is not right to beat up people. Yeah, and it, and burn down cars and all. I mean, there there is a lot of things in the news, and so just bouncing off of that. I think it's really easy for us to become angry at these protesters Mm -hmm. and writers and that myself included because it really upsets me when they just they uh they burn down these businesses of people that have nothing to do Uh, like they're just they're just uh casualties of war like that's not a good way to put it but they're just (laughs) walking down the street and they're just like we're gonna bust out all the windows But basically they are a casualty of war because this is a war within our society in our society and it's like they have nothing to do with the conflict Mm -hmm. you know they have nothing to do with the problem that they're protesting yeah and so like i think it's really easy for us to look at these rioters and protesters and get really angry Mm -hmm. angry and Mm -hmm. i i know we're angry at what they're doing but i think we sometimes turn and we put the anger on the people yeah and myself included and so um yeah that that's definitely one way that i need to to um, do some self-reflection in my heart and figure out how um, I can love for these people. And I, and I think from afar, one thing I can do is pray for them. Yeah. Pray for them. And pray for them in love. Not not pray for their judgment, oh, but yeah. but pray not so much. God's going to get you. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. But, like, pray that, you know, um, that they There's themselves can come to, yeah. to, to, to uh to have peace, you know, like be like, and to have like a revelation. I don't know the right word, an awareness of what their actions were and how their heart is, and and that they can come to a place where they, instead of promoting that kind of behavior, that they could promote peace yes. and unity and love. Because I think that's, I say that's what they're working for. I don't think that's true for everybody. I think some people are. I think they just think like the is. mayhem too. Though. Yeah, I think they think it is, but yes, I think there's a better way to go about it. Anyways. And I, and, and, Realizing that, yes. Yeah, like just um, reflecting my own heart, how I can love these people, how mm-hmm. I can be compassionate to them, even though I don't know them personally. Yeah. They're not in my circle. They're not in my parts of the world mm-hmm. down in the Bible Belt of <laughs> South, te- or not Southwest Texas. I mean, they came briefly, but they didn't stay long. 
So, no, anyways, we've got guns. But no, <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Okay, so it was a great episode. Yes. We're so glad you're here, and Thank we'll you see you guys us. next time. Thank you guys for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this episode. You can find us on social media, Grit for Glory on Instagram and Facebook. We hope you'll join in the conversation with us. We want to get to know you there. Also check out our show notes for links to some of the scriptures that we referenced in our episode. And we will see you guys back next week for another exciting episode. Have a great day.